Welcome to season two of Soul and Substance. Y'all ready? Hi, I'm Nicole Ebanks. I'm the host of Soul and Substance, the podcast. I'm also a journalist and a blogger, and I'm going to carry you through conversation where we're going to talk about those in-depth topics, those topics we're all afraid to talk about. I can guarantee you transparency, honesty, and pure realness because the perspectives come from my own, celebrities, locals, and you especially. Soul and Substance starts right now. How have y'all been? Welcome to season two. Man, that feels good. You know, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're new to the Soul and Substance family, welcome. We're open arms to this wonderful, um, transparent family and loving family. Like, I haven't thought about it leading up to today's premiere about um, just Soul and Substance being that place of serenity. You know what I mean? where we can just go and just be ourselves and just relax, you know, commune with each other, converse, all of that great stuff. So you guys, here it is, season two. We made it. And I know that there's um, plenty to catch up on since we last spoke. Um, I'll start with me first. <laughs> so sis got contacts again. That may be a minor thing to you, but that's everything to me. Years ago, I was wearing, you know, I was a contacts wearer, <laughs> and now I'm about that life again. Um, I'm rocking a new hairstyle. Summer is here, okay? So I got to do a new, I have a new do because of that. Um, and I, you know me, I'm always changing my hairstyle too, so that's another story. Um, a few other updates, and I'm sure you guys have a lot of things to catch me up on too, but I think first things first, we must address... Um, just a major um, intense and tragic things that have been happening in our world um, lately. You know, the biggest thing is mostly the um, increase um, of mass shootings. And, you know, in another episode, we'll really dive into that. But I hope that all you guys are safe my true deepest condolences to those who um, fell victim to such tragedies. Um, and because of that, I wanted to start this season off dedicating, dedicating it to you all. Um, with what's been going on in this world, I think that it's most important for me to just see how you guys are doing and what are the things that you desperately want to discuss and talk about and get off of your chest. You know, it's good that this is a safe place. So I wanted to open up that, um, as always, open up that door to you guys to just come to me with whatever you, with whatever you had on your mind and you wanted to share and kind of discuss and get advice for. So this episode is truly dedicated to you guys and it's really featuring you. Um, so I'm just, I have a few questions and, um, letters that were sent to me I'm not gonna read all of them unfortunately in this episode but a lot of them we're just gonna um tackle and discuss and I'll give my point of view and advice on so buckle up and we're gonna start off 
with question number one, which is, um, give me a moment, you guys. And this is all anonymous. Um, some chose not to, you know, share their identity, and that's fine. So I think as a consens- consensus, I will keep um, all of the per- people who have sent over their questions or needed some advice advice on things I'll just keep them confidential so question one is it bad for your man or woman to not be attracted to you at a point in time for example on social media there was a married couple um, who was pregnant and the mom was struggling during her pregnancy Um, having said having sex was different of course but despite that the husband loving the wife so much he saw her unattract- unattractive at that time. Hmm. A lot of people on social media dragged the guy for being wrong about it, as if he wasn't allowed to have human feelings when married. So my question is, is it really bad for a couple to not be attracted to their partner temporarily? I think... Okay, short answer. I'm going to dive into your example. But um, if you're in a relationship or anyone... Anyway, I feel like, yes, there comes a point, realistically, I feel like there comes a point where you're not attracted to your significant other at some point. You, we always hear um, over time that looks are fleeting, you know what I mean? So I'm pretty sure, and you know, we... You you know what what got your attention with your with your partner from the beginning. You know what was that thing about them physically that made you instantly attracted to them, and if that dissipates or if that um changes, that could factor into how you perceive them if you're interested in them. But I feel like with that being said, even though you, your change, your looks are going to change, even as we get older, we're not always going to look as fine, maybe even better. But, you know, our looks are definitely going to change. Our body's going to look different over time. That I feel like with, you know, your true love and, you know, the character that you you like about a person, that can that overcomes your attraction to them. You know what I mean? You know, despite you changing whatever, you will forever find your partner attractive because of how funny they are or how intelligent they are or charismatic, um, romantic, um, personable, patient they are with you. All of those things are going to over, um, overtake how you physically, you know, find your, your partner attractive. So with that being said, I feel like... It's easy for you to to um not find your significant other attractive just because of the fact that maybe their character have changed. You know, they're rude, they're lazy all of a sudden, um, they just get on your nerves on a Monday. You know, all those things can make you unattractive. It doesn't have to just be the physical. Um, but yes, if we are strictly being physical since you did mentioned the the um the example about the pregnant um married couple I do think even so there's a point where you do find your um partner unattractive temporarily 
Now, if it completely, if there's no turning back, then a conversation needs to be had and then also a decision needs to be made. But in the case of, you know, the couple, I don't think it was okay to find her unattractive. To me, that just, I know pregnant women who, for the most part, um, I haven't I haven't been pregnant yet, but for the most part, what I hear is like they find themselves unattractive, they think they're big, you know, all these things, right? And so, but yet I've heard on the flip that their um the baby's father or the husband or whatever finds them extreme extremely radiant and beautiful while they're pregnant. I don't know if it's the whole idea that they're carrying their seed, but for him to find her unattractive, to me, that just seems so wrong. Somebody can see, can be listening to this and say, Nicole, I don't see any problem with it. But I don't know. Is it just because he can't have sex like how he wanted to? She's um, a lot more moody or emotional because of hormones. There's so many different factors to it. To me, in this case, I feel like it's wrong. Um... I don't know because it's like she's doing something for you both like she's carrying you know your child as well and for you to find her unattractive I don't know that just seems so wrong to me it does even though I think again like I said I don't think there's anything wrong with um you know I don't think there's anything alarming about you not finding your partner unattractive at some point in your relationship but that mm-mm. you find your pregnant woman your, your lady you find her unattractive while she preggers mm-mm. that don't that don't sit well with me I don't know I don't know I just mm-mm. because it's just a lot that goes into that again I haven't been pregnant myself yet but mm, I don't know about that but short answer to finally answer your question really and truly, I don't think it's bad for a couple to not be attracted to one another temporarily. Um, again, if there comes a point where there's a shift of no return, like you don't find them attractive anymore and you start, you know, thinking about doing something with somebody else, then a decision needs to be made about probably, you know, counseling or just ending the relationship. That's what I would say. Question two. Um, this person says, what advice would you give someone dealing with trauma? Hmm. How should one not expect the worst in a new relationship when that's what they're used to? Hmm. Um, this is wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, so the first part, um, advice would you give someone dealing with trauma? Anyone who's dealing with trauma, regardless if you're in a relationship or not, I strongly suggest getting therapy. I am a huge advocate of therapy. Um, trauma comes in all different forms, um, different types of abuse, and just, you know, just traumatic events of any kind. I think all of us at some point can resonate with trauma in our lives, whether, you know, during your childhood or your adult years. And so I would definitely say um, how to deal with it. Definitely um, admitting that you 
that you have an issue with the past traumatic events in your life and that you recognize that it's holding you back from your daily living um that's a big thing if it's like if you can't go to work without being triggered or just certain e certain um certain activities or certain conversations can trigger you that that's reason for concern even more so I think period again if you're dealing with trauma definitely you need to go and seek help but if it's really changing your lifestyle and your daily living that's no like most important you got to really exercise some um external external resources um um, journaling, that's another way kind of, you know, talking, I mean, writing down how you feel each and every day. Um, what's another thing? How can you deal with trauma? But definitely admitting that you have, that you still, that you deal with trauma and what the actual trigger and root of it is. Like write down like what, what event it was what happened to you how it happened be detailed and look at it at paper and just really soak it in but definitely seek therapy and healing I don't think there's an expiration date unfortunately on healing but there comes a point where you're close to being completely healed where the littlest things don't trigger you anymore that's a good sign of it. But um, your second part where you said, how should one not expect the worst in a new relationship when that's what they're used to? So in trauma, I'm a, okay, I will say this. I don't think there's anything that really preceded this, but I have a real strong... Oh gosh, I don't know, what, I don't know if I want to say this. When it comes to new relationships, um, it's easy for you to bring past baggage, right? If you haven't dealt with it. it, you're doing a huge disservice to the person who you are now seeing, who you now built this relationship with by bringing your baggage into relationship one and two, exerting all of your frustration, all of your misconceptions your anger towards that person when they have nothing to do with it like okay suppose I was cheated on suppose I was cheated on right and you know said guy did me wrong did me real dirty real dirty and so next relationship I'm giving and and I'm dating new guy it's not even a committed exclusive relationship yet and I'm giving him the business he could be walking to a I'm about to go to 7-eleven oh who's at 7-eleven you know what I mean like I'm just taking every opportunity to show that my that I have no trust in him that he's gonna betray me in any moment and so in my actions in my verbiage you know I'm always going to throw darts just because I was cheated on or um, I was betrayed in previous relationships. And so what I would say is, again, back to healing, 
make sure you heal before you go into a new relationship. Don't just jump. And that's another thing. If you are somebody who you hide from your issues by being in another relationship, no. Stop right there. Please stop right there. That is a huge issue and a huge red flag where you keep hopping from relationship to relationship and not dealing with your own demons. That is an issue. Um, so I would strongly suggest no new relationship for you until you finally find some true healing. And I think you know when you're ready. You know what I mean? Not for selfish reasons, but you know when you're ready. And I think also when others who you truly trust in your circle, they can also see that you're ready for and you're open for love. How can you not expect the worst when you're so used to it? It comes back to your mindset. And really pay attention to the person who you are with. I am a strong believer. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Um, I am a heterosexual woman. So um, I believe that men... They tell you who they are by their actions and what they say to you. It's up to you to twist their words. You know what I mean? As much as we like to say, oh, men are complicated. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. I think, again, we choose what we don't want to believe. We choose, you know... We choose what we want to see and what we want to hear. We pick we pick apart that. So I would say definitely discern who's in front of you, who you are taking interest in, and their actions. Because that can back up um, exactly how someone shows who they are and believe them. So you wouldn't have to expect the worst. And again, like I said, your mindset. If you go into a new relationship saying, well, this happened or I have said baggage or this trauma coming into this new relationship because I'm so used to it, you're already setting the tone for something bad to occur. It's all about your mindset. When you, you have to be positive. You got to say, nope, I am deserving of a great relationship. If it comes to the point, if it comes to the point where something goes wrong, it's not because of me. It's something here that we don't, we can agree on or something here that doesn't make us compatible and that is fine. Keep it moving. But you got to change your mindset. You know what I mean? And you got to understand that this person who you are in a new relationship with doesn't deserve your past baggage, your trauma. Now, here's another thing. The right person, once you finally share, because I do think it's okay if you share, when you get to that comfort, especially if you're exclusive, um, you can share what traumatic events have happened in your life or different, you know, previous relationships the right person will take that information and handle it with care. And so they'll they'll know in certain situations, certain conversations, what might tick you off. And they'll and if like back to my example, if I was cheated on, they'll know like, okay, 
whenever I'm going, I don't know, out of t- out of town, I'll I'll make sure to communicate with, you know, Nicole. You know, not all the time, but you know what I mean? Let her know that, oh, I went out with the boys. We were here on a men's trip. You know, I went, on, went out with the boys at said club or whatever. Or, yeah, just got to the hotel. You know what I mean? Just to keep things at base. So, again, or if you have been, um, you know, just if you have been physically abused, domestic violence, a person is who in a new relationship will... Again, make sure that they don't do that to you. Make sure that whatever may possibly trigger you, they even check up on you and say, hey, are you good? How are you feeling? How are you doing? So again, change that mindset. And two, just pay attention to the person who you are with now. Are their actions backing up with sincerity and genuineness? That's it. Next question. These are good. Okay, y'all came. <laughs> y'all came with some good questions. I tell you. See, this is why I'm so glad that I always kept um in the outro. Um, if you guys remember that I always, you know, extend the invite for, you know, people to send over their questions or any advice over it's for these exact moments because you know, we just don't know what we're all dealing with. We just need to talk about stuff. You know what I mean? So these are really good. Um, and I hope I'm helping. So question number three. So I am working on breaking bad habits. What bad habits did did you have for a long time? And what steps did you take to break them? This is good. This is really good. So <laughs> funny enough, I'm going through this exact... Um, what would I say? I'm recognizing my bad habits more and more. So with my new job, having this new job has opened up a lot, a lot about myself. But bad habits, um, I would say, um, is that I'm very... I react too quickly to things and it could be the simplest of the simple so meaning like I can be very sensitive Uh, there I admit it I hate admitting it (laughs) so being sensitive um being negative so when I say that I mean um I always doubt myself or I doubt that others can come through for me um like an example, what's a good one? Okay, if someone were to tell me, Nicole, I could really see you on TV hosting an award show. Let's just say that. The old me or the person who I'm working through would say, I could never do that. I would definitely mess up. No one would want to listen to me. I'm not fun. I'm not vibrant. I couldn't do that. That's one of the traits, bad habits that I have. And I've always had that. And I noticed that in my thinking, it's very negative. Like, I hope you guys even find me as a positive person. But, you know, I feel like I'm positive towards others. Like, I'm like, go get it. You know, you're great. You're awesome. (laughs) Whenever I come across people 
but my own self. I just always think of myself negatively. Um, I doubt myself tremendously. I don't feel like I don't feel like I love myself. I don't like me. Um, and that's bad habits of mine that I'm starting to recognize. One thing I would say to kind of break out of the habit is, um, shifting my mindset. So if I start to start, if I start to think negatively about myself, I automatically say, no, we're not doing this today. No, we're not doing this today. Um, cause it, because it puts you in a, it puts you in a rabbit hole when you start, you know, thinking something negatively surface level more and more, you're just going to keep going down that rabbit hole, digging a hole for yourself. And then all these extra thoughts are just going to accumulate. Nobody got time for that. Um, other bad habits of mine. What kind of bad habits do you have? I'm curious though. Like, are they all character? Um, or is it like, I don't know, the infamous one biting your nails? What other habits? But I'll definitely say I'm very over reactionary. I don't know. I wouldn't say I yell, but I get real snappy or I misconstrue. Like I always feel like someone's getting ready to. I don't know. Just be negative towards me. So, okay. I would say this with relationships, right? Or just someone who I'm liking. Growing up, I was always the girl who I liked the guy, but he never liked me. And so over time, I built up like... (laughs) I would build up this attitude of... Well, I'm going to act like I don't like him. So if he ever, if he don't like me, it would kind of save me or I got to get him before he gets me. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to find an example. It's like, I just, I can't, I can't do it rejection. So I will harbor up this wall so strong so that I don't get hurt, so that I don't get my feelings involved or... I try to throw a dart at the guy first just so he'll never think that I like him or if he does find out, you know, I gave him something to sting him that bad that he can never hurt me if I'm making any sense. But so that um, bad habits. I would say, I don't know if it's the Scorpio in me, but it takes me a while to truly ask for help, again, with the job. I don't like continuously asking someone for assistance. I don't. I don't know if it's this, you know... I don't think it's me being bougie. I'm not a bougie person. I don't, I just don't like being a burden to other people. And I had a friend who told me about that same word, me just feeling I'm always a burden to others. And that's not the case. 
But I just don't like always having to ask for help. It's kind of like, you know, they're like, I'm thinking they're saying, oh, here she go again. You know what I mean? Or I got to figure it out. Like, I'm very independent driven. If, if I could make my own home, I would. If I could, trust me, again, asking for help for others, it's a big thing for me. I don't like to do it. I have projects. Projects that I have written down. And the thought of some things within projects that I got to ask for other people, it's that's why it's at a standstill. Because I just, and again, it's not me being... Um, like, I'm better than so-and-so. Like, I, oh, no, I can never... No, I just don't want to be a burden to other people. I don't want to always have to ask or have people... I don't want to be an inconvenience, you know? So that's a, another bad habit. Child, I can go on and on <laughs> about these bad habits. And I think that in itself is a bad habit where I'm just full of all these bad habits and there's not great habits about myself that I can truly go relentlessly on about you know that is a bad habit in myself um so steps to finally break them again change your mindset to um give yourself grace give yourself grace whenever you're trying to Break a bad habit um, and give yourself time. They even said like um, it takes 21 days to break a habit, break a cycle. Give yourself time, but also try every day one step, one step each and every day to break that habit. So here's an example. I know that I want to start loving myself more and that comes with building my self-esteem, not comparing myself to others. One thing, I have been off of social media, well, my personal social media for, let's say, almost a month. And so because of that, I was, before that, I was very, I compare myself to everybody, every single person on social media who I followed, everybody. And I felt less than every single person, every single person for whatever reason, and I started to, number one, get off social media. Two, whenever I came across somebody in person, or if I did just have to go on social media for um, promotional purposes and come across something, the one thing that would trigger me, like um, if somebody just had a nicer body, nicer body than me, I would usually say, oh, man, they look so good for completely negating the fact that I work out, re- you know, regularly. I try to eat right and all of those things. But I just worship this body that is on social media on an avenue that is purely, you know, for the most part, fake. Right. But instead, I said, no, she does have a great body. So do I. Are there qualities about myself that I want to work on? Yes. But that doesn't mean I don't have a good body and that my hard work does not show every day. I see myself every day, so I'm not going to see it. But that doesn't mean that the work isn't there. You see the difference? Um, Another example of that would be 
yeah, affirmations. So just, you know, when I start to get like anxious, really, really anxious. And like last week, I had a couple of episodes right before work. I started to tell myself, like, Nicole, you're going to get through this. It's okay. Just get through this day. Just get through this day. You are an intelligent person. You are deserving. And you are, you know, worthy of greatness. Why would you not? You got to speak to yourself. You got to, you know, kind of step step in the way of these bad habits to continue to form. You know, don't give them room to breathe anymore. That's how you break the cycle, okay? All of those things. And one last thing. This is my own question, and I want you guys to help me with it. Um, So, lately, I won't go into much detail of exactly what I'm talking about, but lately, um, it has been on my mind if something no longer serves me. Um, I tried something out. Um, let's say for the purposes of this, I became a personal trainer. And, you know, that's something that I always wanted to do. I wanted to really, you know, help others get fit. And I loved it. And then when I finally became it, it wasn't there, It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It doesn't really speak to my character. It's really you know, really testing me. <laughs> I have impatience. I realize with my clients, they're not doing what I want them to do. I do have some who are, you know, great clients. They're wonderful. And there are some great days, but I just feel like more and more being a person, personal trainer, I don't think it's for me. So is there a timeline, um, on when some is there a time where we should just let something go? Is it okay to just let something go? You know, even if it's a short period of time where we tried it out, you know, or do we have to really let it fester in time just see if, you know, things will improve? But I will say, you know, there are some things that proof is in the pudding. You may not be doing something for so long. And you just realize it's time to just end it. It's just, it doesn't serve you. And that's fine. Even if, even in a relationship, you can be with somebody for five years, two years, six months, and realize, mm, I'm not about this life. <laughs> I don't want this anymore. Um, this really doesn't serve me for X, Y, and Z factors. And that is okay to know that it's okay to step away from something that truly doesn't speak to who you are and you've tried every side of it. You've seen it in different seasons. You, you know, even just, you just get to a place where it's like, you just can't breathe. You can't think right. You can't be at peace. Ah, can't be at peace because said thing is still in, is still in your life or you're still a part of something. And it's okay to just move on and give yourself that peace of mind but you guys let me know you guys let me know and answer my own question for me that's it we're going to take a break from listening letters for right now and we'll be right back
the journey continues here at Soul and Substance. Season two is off to a great start, if I must say so myself. So question, how are my people doing? How are y'all feeling? And how are you truly coping in life? Point and simple. I love you and I mean it. Peace. Soul and Substance was produced by Nicole Ebanks. The Soul and Substance theme song was produced by Lawrence Ebanks. If you would like to ask for advice or leave comments, send an email to soulandsubstance25 at gmail.com. For blog posts, visit soulandsub.wordpress.com and follow us on Instagram at soul.n.substance. That's S-O-U-L dot N dot S-U-B-S-T-A-N-C-E.